Chris Lotz of the Palace Real Estate Group coming back at you with another episode of Beyond the Keys of Palace Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe below. Um, we're trying to grow this community and just give as much information as possible to buyers, sellers all around the country to help make informed, educated decisions when purchasing your next house or selling your next house. Yeah. Um, today, obviously, with uh, with Pat Lotz, as always. Um, today, we are talking about a parent's guide to helping your kids own a home. The statistic to kick it off is you're not alone. If you've thought about this, according to the National Association of Realtors, 23% of those 37 and younger used gift money and 6% used a loan from a family or friend to purchase a home. So there's a, a decent demographic of individuals that are buying houses that are one receiving gift money or mm -hmm. some form of fashion, mm -hmm. or the 6% that used a loan from a family and friend. And we're gonna break down, I guess, on some of the options that you have as a parent or a guardian, uh, giving money or helping an individual or buy a house. Or co-signing, or co-signing. That's in, that's in those options. Yeah. Um, and then there's pros and cons to co-signing, lending money. And then we might talk about, I guess, what your you think uh, the best one is and what I think the best one is. The last thing, parents who help out are giving the kids on average of 39,000 to buy a home and putting their own retirement at risk in the process. That's a subjective statement. It's obviously just in the article because at the end of the day, giving $40,000 does change your financial portfolio um, depending on where you're getting that money from. But on average, a kid is receiving $39,000 to help purchase a home and that more or less is probably in the form of gift money yeah. for down payments closing costs so on and so forth mm -hmm. um so what are your thoughts on that one have you ever helped a kid buy a house have you ever thought about it the answer is no <laughs> <laughs> um no because i my kids didn't need my assistance okay um if if they did, the answer would be yes. I would help out, uh, what the best way I could. You know, um, I would not go into my retirement fund for my children. Um, I just don't think that's financially wise. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know real estate, and I suppose if you know it was, I figured it was a good short-term return on investment. I may. And I guess it depends on how you structure it, and that's the one thing that will break down. And there's a few options because it could potentially be a decent investment, Correct. depending on who's buying that property. Yeah. We have some like uh, uh, applicable experience, though. You know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of not label people, but label people. Is we had a parent help buy a house for a uh, a dependent. Um, there was zero structure within that transaction, I guess, on how who owned the home, mm -hmm. what things cost, so on and so forth, structure of a loan. So with all those things not being clearly defined up front, and a lot of these, these pros and cons, a lot of these options, all of, the, all of the things to focus in on are defining that transaction, defining ownership, defining who owes or who's paying for certain things. When you don't have it defined even in a very basic transaction, you're more or less probably gonna have problems and then it rings true, never do business with family. So <laughs> yeah. um, are you familiar with the example I'm talking about? Your husband's mother oh yeah. yeah 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 um and and the little bit of an example is he they bought that house how many years ago five years ten years ago yeah long yeah. time ago yep for dirt cheap yeah right now we could sell that house for three hundred thousand dollars you know 3x their investment um the dependent is not 
hip on amorization. So, you know, they they believe they've paid in X, yeah. but they've only paid in Y due to interest and principal. And now there's a, not a definition of ownership. Correct. And then also transition of ownership. Um, where Where's the cash? Who has the cash? Who owns the cash? Who, who owns the appreciation or that equity? Mm-hmm. It's the toughest part. So, so clearly define those things. And I think that's the great point and probably one of the cons is if not defined up front 10 years ago or when you purchase that house, when you go to sell that home, that's going to be a tough conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Who owns what? What percentage of what? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then a slippery slope into some of the other things that they're working with right now is is taxes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of break down the taxes that they're dealing with right now. And two, um, I had these conversations on the front end, and um, nothing. Nobody implemented any of those things that I had suggested. So suggested. So ten years later, they're dealing with some issues that should have been taken care of on the front end. Yeah, and it back it all, all circles back to to trust, mm-hmm. trust your agent. And you know, we're not just giving arbitrary advice for you to you know, may or may not listen to, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, these are things that we've dealt with, we've heard people deal with, mm-hmm. or we're going to deal with, and, you know, we're not, we're not just kind of talking to talk. No, and, and I suggested contact your accountant, mm-hmm. contact your attorney, your accountant will tell you the pros and cons to treating it as an investment property or putting the dependent mm-hmm. on title. Um, and then the other thing is the attorney is to write up that agreement mm-hmm. um, and and whatnot. So. And at the end of the day, <clears throat> I think that's a great kind of pause button is if you've considered helping your child buy a house, mm-hmm. and that's exactly who this is for, if you've considered helping your child buy a house, pause, speak to your attorney, speak to your financial advisor, speak to your CPA. It needs to make sense for you financially. Don't go out of your way financially. That's going to set you back just so your kid buys a house. Yeah, you don't want that risk. Because there's alternatives. You know, he can, they can rent a house and I, I think it's in here, but a lot of people don't realize that kids are renting rooms from their parents right now. It's not a free ride type situation. They're like, no, you can come home and you know, you can rent a room for us. There's avenues to make them more financially responsible and then two, make it financially appropriate for you as well. So pause, CPA, attorney, financial advisor, is it right for you? If it's a yes, go through this process. If it's a no, you know, there's other other ways that you can help these kids buy houses, making sure they get credit sooner, getting them on credit cards, your credit cards, um, helping build that credit history. Um, so. Uh, going into it, you know, the, some of the pros is your kids are going to have, if you decide to help your kid buy a house, they're going to have an earlier start for your child to invest in their future wealth. Mm-hmm. Are you able to do that? And if you're able to do that, that's awesome. Not yeah. many people have that ability. You know, mutual benefit if you go in on property costs together or they plan to pay you back. So if you're lending that money, and we've had people lend money to kids all day long for 2%. So it's minuscule cost or them making money, but at the end of the day, it's still getting them started in what it means to be a homeowner, buy a home, and all those associated costs. Inherited tax benefits to consider. Parents can help steal their children away from predatory loans or poor property investments. So having a bigger impact on the the sale of the home or the next transaction, it's only going to help those kids, potentially help those kids for success down the road. I'm assuming, you know, with the good, there's also bad, you know, parents not realizing their child's financial portfolio. And at the end of the day, 
if those kids can't take on that mortgage, who's going to pay it? Parents. Yeah. That's right. Really, a lot of thought has to go into it. Yeah. And some of the cons, you know, damage credit if co-sign and they don't keep up with payments, uh, sizable dent in your retirement savings if you don't plan well, if you're taking it from those accounts, and then financial dependency or entitlement from your kids. Obviously, that's the biggest caveat to it all is, you know, is there going to be down the road financial dependency or, you know, the a little bit of entitlement of your kids to expect those things on the next house, the next house that's more expensive, that's more expensive, that's more expensive. I don't know, but you definitely have to take that into consideration because, um, you know, if you, if you just give. Well, but, but that's a parent's problem too. Yeah. Is that you can't, I mean. Um, but that's why it's important to talk about it right now. Yeah. Is parents are not ignorant to the fact that they might have entitled kids, but realize that this is a, this is a big step. This is not like buying a car. This is not like, you know, giving them the, P, the new PS5. This is a completely uncharted territory of, of what's going to happen financially. Mm -hmm. And just to be prepared for the, the good and the bad of, of making the next step. Do the cons outweigh the pros? Probably. Giving your kids that stability, a good financial start um, for their future, that's the biggest takeaway. You know, I, I almost wish that, and I, I've heard it many, many times, when your kid's born, buy a duplex. For them, you're going to manage it, put it on a 15-year mortgage, by the time they're 15, 18, it's going to be paid off, paid in full, and then you give it to them. And they can, you know, use that cash flow to pay for college. They can sell it and pay for college. They can trade up to another property. But that's creating, instead of doing a 529 saving plan, you know, it's yeah. it's investing into that real estate early and often to, um, to give them the best start possible. That is a great idea. That's what I'm doing. Instead of investing <laughs> in a... Uh, um, a, uh, a college fund, buy a duplex, 15 year yeah. mortgage. By the time they're 18, it's free and clear. Then they have all that equity to sit on. They have all the cash flow. Um, they can leverage that, well, it's their college that equity. Fund. Yeah. yeah. It's their college fund. Mm -hmm. So, um, any points that we've talked about so far that you want to kind of, uh, 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 break down? No, I mean, um, we've, you've hit them on and, and we've, um, We've talked them good. So don't give beyond your means. No. Number no, one. No, no, yeah, don't put yourself at risk. And there's always an avenue. You can always go to plan A, B, and C to help your kids out. Uh, draft up a detailed agreement. You know, even if it's basic. Mm -hmm. You know, basic is, is still necessary. And some people might not choose to put in a detailed agreement purely because of the conversation or because of, um, <clears throat> you know, they don't want to do a legal agreement between them and a child. But at the end of the day, you know, even on a single piece of paper to define how this is going to work out is only going to, the, the point is that you're detailing it up front rather than having back end conversations. Well, so then there's no question. So say, you know, I'm borrowing $10,000. I'm going to pay you back a 1% interest, um, you know, and put in the payment schedule. So, mm -hmm. so I mean that it's not a big deal, <clears throat> Yeah. but it makes the child accountable for the loan. And teaches them on a very basic level about, you know, principal and interest. Yeah taxes and insurance and then too when you get this agreement when you buy this house for this kid depending on what you choose to do you know they got to see those numbers it can't be a, oh we're gonna buy you're gonna live and you just pay us rent right. give them that opportunity to really learn about what they're doing because again if a, if a 20 year old doesn't learn principal and interest the next time they buy a house at 35 or 40 they're gonna go well i didn't even realize what amortization means yeah so yeah. um and that's your word of the day amortization mm -hmm. 
how you pay interest back. You front, front load it, back end it's more principal. Um, all these things aside, you know, I, I, I would put a huge emphasis on this section. Make sure your estate is in order. If you don't know where you are financially, how are you gonna be able to give financially if you don't know exactly what's gonna go on with your, your estate? Yeah. And then two, if you're buying, if you've got three kids and you're buying a house for one kid and you're not buying a house for two, you know, how does that, fl uh, how does that fluctuate in terms of? That could be ugly. Yeah, get, what is, what's the word? Uh, inheritance. Yeah. Does that, does that fluctuate with inheritance? And the answer is, is to be as fair as possible if that's what you care about is the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. You need to. Um, and again, it's mitigating these bad, uh, not bad conversations, harder conversations financially down the road. Yeah. That's what you're mitigating. Yeah. And some of the examples that we've seen, if they're not clearly defined, we've anticipated that those conversations are gonna come up and that's the last conversation I wanna be a part of. A part of. Yeah. <laughs> I also yeah. didn't make these decisions though. Um, and parents are coming from a great place while giving this money and you know, even our applicable example, but don't just think with your heart. Because you want the best for your child. You want them to be a homeowner and take advantage of that. And you know how it is to be in your own place. You fix it up, I mean, it's great. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, and you want all the best, but it's also teachable moments as they go through the process. Um, you can't just continuously give to your child. Keep it safe, keep it structured, keep it, uh, you know, very legal documents, mm -hmm. uh, but create those learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. it's, it's only gonna be a good thing. And, and, and ultimately, if you decide to just loan the money to your child for a, a small portion of interest, mm -hmm. you're at least making a few bucks. Yeah. But you're giving them the opportunity to really understand financial literacy. And also if you're gonna be loaning money or assisting or co-signing, you have um, a stake in that property they're buying. So because they wanna buy this one, it might not be financially wise. Um, you do have a stake, so guiding them in the other direction and the reasons for that are very important. Yep. <clears throat> so we'll run through these six options or so um, for maybe some options that uh, uh, six home buying assistant options. Number one, renting out a room in your home. Um, maybe not like the the one that you're kind of reaching for, but at the end of the day, you know, to, to keep your kids motivated and focused in, in you know their careers or financial literacy sometimes renting out a room is probably a great option mm -hmm. to get them back to this is not just a free ride this is going to be you need to work you need to pay you need to contribute um, but it's one of those first steps to get them to the next level of, of where they should be Two, loaning your child uh, money to buy a home which i think is probably the, the better option <clears throat> three gifting money to a child for a house or a down payment four co-signing buying buying a house with your child five buying a house for a child to live in selling or gifting your house to your child so a lot of options mm -hmm. and then back to number one renting out a room in your home um renting out a room in your home don't see it all too often probably happens because it happens and we don't see it and it you, you probably have two options kid, kid comes home from college are we gonna make a pay or are we not gonna make a pay right what are your thoughts right. Um, you know, I think that they have to have a little bit of skin in the game. A 21 to 3 year old 
probably should be um, contributing to the family household. And it might be rent, you know, the cost of utilities, you know, something like that to um, help them in that process of what homeownership, um, renting or, or whatever's gonna be in the future. So, and, and there's a few things that it's good for. So maybe you don't charge your kid, mm -hmm. but hey, Billy, you know, your rent could be somewhere between eight and $1,200. Instead of me charging you that rent, how about you save that money for a down payment yep. or closing cost? So then if they're doing a thousand bucks a month and in one year they're gonna have 12K. Yep. And you know, if they were doing a USDA loan, FHA 3.5% down or an RD rural development for 0% down, that's easily covering their closing costs. Yep. Yep. So that's maybe a better way. Maybe, maybe what I would choose if I'm choosing to do this option is, mm -hmm. You can stay here and I want you to stay here as long as possible. And I'm trying to give you the time to be able to save, but we're going to actually save money. Yeah. Because how many kids move back into a house and they're not saving that money that they're not putting towards rent or mortgage? They're just Probably a fun. lot. They're having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're throwing it off the back deck. And I think that they've got to be accountable and, and the parents, you know, um, you know, need to, to see that they're they're doing that and being responsible. Yeah, uh, this number two is is obviously you need to have the financial capability of it to have that lump sum, the two, the three hundred thousand dollars, whatever price point you're at. But number two, loaning your child money to buy a house, structure it, legal agreement, private private mortgage agreement. Um, but if you actually have the financial capability of lending that money, it's a good incentive for for them to learn, get some skin in the game, start paying P and I. Um, and then two, you're not just giving money away and it's an okay investment for you for a few bucks to make some money on your money that may or may not have just been sitting there in the first place. Yep. And, and uh, um, shoot, I've borrowed cash from, um, I've done this four times now. Right. Investment properties, primary residence, I've done that. And that's actually my preferred way because I don't necessarily want the money for free. Um, I want it to be structured because then those conversations are front loaded to expectations of this is a business transaction. It needs to make sense for you just as much as it makes sense for me. And it needs to be a good investment for you as well. Well, that's with a private lender. You didn't borrow it from me. I did not buy it from my mother. <laughs> no. It was not me. Yeah. It was an acquaintance, but you know, it was not my, not my mother. Um, you know, and at a glance, anything you wanted to, to say about loaning money to a dependent? I think that's the best option, honestly. Yeah. No, I mean, if you have it and it makes sense, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And it's great for parents who want to help, but you know, need to see their money returned. Yeah. This is not just a free, hey, here's three hundred grand, yeah. yeah. Um, unless you have stupid money. Yeah, yeah. Unless you got millions in the bank, then I guess who cares at that point? Yeah. Um, you know, but it also can be, you know, mutually beneficial to all parties. Kids getting home, a, a, a dependent is getting a home, a dependent is able to make a good investment. Um, but then you're, you're also making, you know, a few bucks on the money that you've lent. It's, it's low, a low rate, but it's very mutually beneficial. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, this is a, a, a mute point maybe, but you should charge interest if the loan is over 15 K and that's ultimately exactly what you're, it's easily going to be over $15,000 if you're lending outright the, that, that lump sum. Um, but you know, always draft up a formal agreement. Uh, you know, uh, show schedules, show terms, balloon payments, loan terms, so on and so forth. Really define those things and define everything. And maybe you're talking to an agent or a loan officer or a real estate attorney to figure out how to structure those things because every single one of them knows those answers. Yeah. Just make sure it's structured. Yep. Um, you can decide to turn the loan into a gift on the road. Yep. And maybe that's that's no different than um, 
uh, renting for a room. You know, it's a psychological play. So, hey, you know, it's gonna cost $800 for you to rent this room. And then that parent, you know, puts it into his pocket and say, actually saves that money to know that they're actually saving that money for a down payment. Here, you know what? This was all of your rent money. We wanted you to save it for a down payment. That's another great strategy as well is to get them to think it might just be an investment mm -hmm. or it's a good opportunity. But if you're able to give and it makes sense, then you can do those things. Well, and you, you, you know your child. You know your child. Yeah, so if you've got to have them pay you directly and you put it aside is knowing your child mm -hmm. or if you know that they're disciplined <clears throat> enough that they can keep it. Yeah, we see this quite a bit as well. So number three, gifting money to children for a house or a down payment. Happens very, very often. There are certain thresholds. I think the annual exemption is 15K, 30K for a married couple. So it can be husband and wife. It can be an aggregate of 30 or a total of 30,000, 15, 15. That's as of 2020. And we're seeing that more often, not all $30,000 but we might be seeing you know, 10 or 10 or 12 to be able to cover a portion of those down payments because oftentimes than not, a first time home buyer comes to us and they say, hey, I got 20 grand. Well, let's do some numbers real quick. You know, These are closing costs, this is down payment. They think they've got 20% down, which in reality, they don't. No. But we're seeing that more times than not. Would you agree? Yes, yes, I agree. Is that a, is that a good option? Do you like that? I do, I do. I mean, in, in an order for you, you know your kids to fill the gap mm -hmm. um, and it's not um, you know it's a portion of it they've got skin in the game you do um, and you know if you're giving out five ten thousand dollars I mean I think that's a reasonable um, ask it's definitely less less of a business transaction or it can be or most of the times it is less of a business transaction but you know if you're giving that 15k to thirty thousand dollars how are you structuring that if any do you expect it back do you not expect it back mm -hmm. because it goes back to that first point you know does that inherit some sense of entitlement so for the next opportunity it's hey i need another 30k i need another 30k um that's a problem for down the road but you know or maybe it's structured as here's your 30k but now you're done mm -hmm. so so there was my 30k there was my investment they better have that equity in there next time to be able to step up for the next opportunity but that is also setting up those kids for for success for an opportunity that they may not have had an opportunity to, to take advantage of. I have seen um, parents um, do that for each one of their child, mm -hmm. children. So that's sort of the front end helping them get started and they do that for each child and that's just maybe part of their inheritance or what people do and that's on their way. Yep, get your estate in order. Mm -hmm. Clearly define how you're going to be doing those things mm -hmm. when it comes to your estate or when it becomes to the, an inheritance. Or maybe it's 30K less of what they were entitled to upon um, you know, the distribution of an estate. I don't know. But again, going back to all these points, clearly defining those things and planning for the future because very few and far between do you actually see people planning for the future and actually defining these things. Mm -hmm. um, and then it becomes a problem down the road. And if you don't deal with that problem, then the kids are dealing with that problem. And the kids' kids are dealing with that problem. Well, and that's when it gets really convoluted. So mm -hmm. we've I've lived that with sales and whatnot. Yep. Okay. Um, for co-signing and buying a house with your child, um, I've seen this twice over the past two years, and this was more or less a higher. Well, maybe it's self-employed. Maybe it's a higher debt-to-income debt ratio, and without a co-signer, they're not going to be uh, able to have an opportunity to get that deal done. And there's some pros and cons of that too. Again, you without giving money. They're leveraging your debt to income ratio and that could be a great thing for a kid to leverage mom and dad's debt to income ratio and not take a zero, zero dollars of financial dependency on that. 
but as a parent you have to remember that does impact you um, so know what your future looks like and how co-signing over here will impact your power of purchase and that's exactly what I was gonna say is co-signing is great for zero money out of pocket potentially but it will affect you in some form or fashion. So understanding, signing the dotted line, exactly how it's going to affect certain things, whether it's your debt to income ratio, because it will be on your report. Absolutely. So can I can I buy that second home? Can I buy, do I have to you know, sell my, my current house down the road? How is that all gonna shake out? Can I buy a car? Can I buy a car? Can I buy anything? Yeah. Um, it will impact your ability to buy down the road. And again, too, who's co-signing? Probably somebody who is, has a larger debt to income ratio and they can afford a little bit of a mortgage here, hit here, here or there. But then too, with that being said, not many people, I would think, have the ability to be a co-signer if they own a house themselves. Because that's gonna shoot them over the, the debt to income ratio and get them in trouble with um, you know their current mortgages. It'll and, be black and white, but. Yeah, but as, I mean, and you're right, it, it depends on who the co-signer is, you know, if they have a mortgage and they don't have any other debt. You know, they, they put qualify, yeah. but remember then if they max that out, then their ability to buy the car or the truck that they want, is it affect them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So number five, buying a house for a child to live in. Probably the one that I'm not choosing to do. Um, you know, unless it's I'm buying a four bedroom house for a son or daughter at a college town. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, you guys are all paying rent. Mm -hmm. Like don't get it twisted. You know, they're paying rent regardless. But we're able to give you a financial, and that's what it's great for at a glance, is it's great for children who are still in school, dealing with tuition debt, or if they live in an area far out of their financial reach. But then too, maybe you're buying that house and it's more or less a good financial, that's the only reason I'm buying it, is if it's good a good financial advantage for the lender, but just as much a great opportunity for the occupants, those four individuals, child and three three other people to, to rent room by room. That's where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably the only time that I'm choosing to do it. Well, I thought about doing that when you guys were in college, but I thought, I don't want that liability. That's also another a great time though too. It's like, so I'm probably buying the duplex or the quad for the son right when they're born by their 15, 18, it's gonna be free and clear. But I'm probably also choosing to do that as well. Um, with speak to your insurance agent and speak to your financial advisor and your CPAs and your, your professionals, but with an umbrella policies and yeah, things like that, I know. you should be covered and, and they need to have renter policies as well. So mm -hmm. a lot of those things are going to be covered, but it can be a great investment for you. I, I think so. And, and I'm not, um, it's something that we did consider when you guys were in college, but it also was, we were in the recession. Mm -hmm. So we didn't go in that direction. A lot of parents are doing this. A lot of parents are doing this in bigger cities. Mm -hmm. New York, Chicago, they can afford it. Those kids can't afford it. So the emphasis on um, in areas far outside of their financial reach. So the, the parents are buying them two bed, two baths. And the parents are able to use those things and come use that second bedroom if it's not occupied by another roommate. Right. But then they're paying rent. So it just makes mm -hmm. sense. And, and that's where I'm choosing to do those things. And, and actually, you know, I, I digress then. Because I said I probably wouldn't do this. I would do this if it's the right situation and it's a good investment. That's the only reason I'm doing it. I need to cover my costs at the end of the day if I'm choosing to do those things. Mm -hmm. So so number six, selling or gifting your house to a child. Again, you know, th this can get a little tricky sometimes when you're selling your house at what at what price, fair market value, below. It might have some form of, of inheritance equity. They can sell you the equity in the form of inheritance. Here, this is gonna be $100,000 in equity, 
but it's going to come at a cost to your inheritance. And big emphasis on have your estate in order, get your estate in order, and really document those things. Do you hold them to it at the end of the day? I don't know. But at least you have it defined, you have a track record, you have um, something to, to go at at a glance. Mm -hmm. so, um, so out of all the three, the six, I think there's some pros and cons to um, some over others. What do you think is probably maybe the best option for a parent who is looking to help their kid buy a house and not necessarily get in too deep? <clears throat> I um, I don't mind. my The option that I, I think is, number one, co-signing would be a good option, but the other would be assisting them and gifting them some money and then having them pay you back uh, with the terms and conditions that work for you. Yeah, and let's even just run through those. You know, I'm, I'm choosing to rent out a room in my house if it means that that money is going towards a down payment or savings mm -hmm. or they're choosing to save for those down payments by themselves, but it can't be that free ride. I'm definitely choosing to loan my child money, but it needs to be skin in the game. They need to be paying those things back. Correct. I would gift. Um, you need to definitely make sure you're not giving with over your means, but you know, I am choosing to gift if it means that it's a, a better opportunity for, for those kids. I would definitely co-sign for the right opportunities. Um, I am choosing to buy a house for a child in certain areas, in certain places, if it means it's a great opportunity for them, but also a good investment for us. And then number six, selling or gifting your house for your child, that's probably a conversation for another day. Because um, I don't know, because I don't have any children at this point in time, so would I choose to do that? Unsure. Well, when you have three children, it's gonna be a little challenging to yeah. do that, so. Yeah. yeah. So, um, wrapping up, uh, Chris Lotz with the Palettes Real Estate Group. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the Keys of Palettes podcast. Um, you know, buy local, use local. And as always, there's, there's lots, lots to love in Livingston County. County. Thanks for watching. Make sure to use those like, comment, and share buttons below. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pat Lots Real Estate for more helpful home buying and selling tips. Want a free comparable market analysis? Scan that QR code on your screen or visit our website at www.patlots.com and fill out the request form. There's lots to love in Livingston County.